It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, fuckers, how you doing? Hello, uh, I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Hutchinson. And this is another episode of Guys, We Fucked the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. Um, This is actually an episode that some of you may have heard before. Uh, This was a bonus episode that we released in the spring of 2017, um, on when we were on like the Stitcher Howl, Howl app yeah. uh, and uh, we wanted to why release this episode because unfortunately the young woman that we interview uh, on this episode uh, took her own life uh, at the beginning of August uh, of this year um, it is Daisy Coleman who uh, was one of the stars of the Netflix documentary, Audrey and Daisy. Uh, Sadly, if you remember, uh, the co-star Audrey had already taken her own life. Um, So when we talk about the Me Too movement and we talk about, you know, believing women, I think um, it's very important to remember situations like this and how how heavy... uh, being sexually assaulted can weigh uh, on a survivor and that doesn't mean it always does if you are a survivor yourself and you're having an okay time with that experience that's great that's amazing um but uh yeah audrey definitely um took her own life because of this and uh, according to daisy's mom um the reason that she feels like her daughter took her own life is because she found out that she was unable to have children because of the trauma that her body underwent from being raped um so super heavy obviously um and daisy did so much great work she passed away at the age of 23 and in that time you know obviously did so many interviews was a part of that film that I know touched a lot of uh, you guys she went on to create the sexual assault prevention organization safe bay which the bay is before anyone else so safe before anyone else in 2017 which we've you know done some things to raise money for and obviously if you can take a look at that website that's you know everyone else who works with that organization is still keeping it going but when Daisy passed away, the cut did a beautiful piece on her and so many people reached out because they had remembered Daisy from our show. Um, and she was also apparently working on a film at the time and the cast and crew. I know, uh, kind of expressed that they would feel a lot of healing, um, in, in hearing this interview. And so we got special permission, uh, to release this and, uh, you know, just to, to kind of mourn her and remember who she was and what she was about. And uh, keep in mind all the things that are important about the uh, serious part of this podcast, because it is a comedy podcast and we yeah. do do wild stuff. But also there's a serious part. And sometimes it's hard to match those together. But we keep trying. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we can't ignore the pain that comes along with something like sexual assault. And um, just this is a great, uh, you know, it's unfortunately... An example of, of, of what it can do to the human heart and the human mind and how they are treated. Yeah, and additionally, like just how uh, words on the internet do affect people, even though you yeah. can't see them. Because I know uh, another topic covered 
uh, in this documentary and that, you know, Daisy talked about herself was just how people really did not come behind her. They did not gather around in a in a community, like a way of community or a they way gathered of support. Around the they boys who bullied raped her. her. They said she called her a liar. Those kinds of things, you know, absolutely not necessary. And if you truly think something is not true that someone's saying, like there's other ways to absolutely go about. And that. if your body was violated in such a way as sexual assault, um. No matter how much you understand that an internet troll is a sad sack of shit, the bullying words that you have to unfortunately ingest on a daily basis if you check your own social media do do have an effect. Especially, if, you know, when you're so young, if you're kind of grappling with those feelings yourself, if you're thinking like, am I, is there something wrong with me? Is there less, is there a reason why I was raped? Uh, there isn't, but you can still feel that way. Mm -hmm. And so if you're feeling that way, you're vulnerable, you have this kind of space open to allow yourself to be felt that way, you know, from other people too, like that's just going to double down onto your own uh, dismissive or hurtful feelings to yourself and your own emotions. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, Daisy has obviously had an impact on so many people that she, both people that she's met and people that she hasn't met. And we're very happy that we have this, uh, piece of her, uh, on recorded to share with the rest of you and let her legacy and her work live on and everything that you do. Welcome to guys. We fuck the anti slutching podcast. Yo, you haven't said I'm Christina Hutton. I'm Corinne Fisher. And I'm Boyfriend. Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about fucking. We are here with Daisy Coleman. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Let me just sit and Go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we're very excited to have you. We were just talking about how uh, we had recommended the documentary Audrey and Daisy to people. I remember seeing the preview and I was like, fucking fuck, I cannot, I really want to see this. Like, it's gonna... <laughs> Um, and I was excited because I'm like, I feel like a lot of people are going to see this who didn't realize how mm, serious of an issue rape is and how common it is and how just everything that goes along with it. So I'm like, man, this is really going to open people's eyes. And I, I think it did. Did you, uh, when that documentary came out and you watched it, was it an accurate, were you like, yeah, that's, I thought it yeah, did a good I job. I feel of like it definitely was really eye opening for a lot of people, not only just because rape is very prevalent in our society, but because it happens to a lot of younger people. And usually we're tending to think that it only happens to girls in college at parties and stuff, but it's three and a half times more likely for someone from the age of 16 to 19 to be sexually assaulted or a victim of sexual violence. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that like we talk about this all the time, but like I did not know how common it was until mm -hmm. we get floods of emails all the time, at least at least a couple times a day from somebody who has been sexually assaulted. And I'm like, Jeez, Jesus Christ, this is like, it's why insane. aren't we talking about this? And it, it's it's insane that there's no there's no requirements to talk about in public education is bullshit. And there's just so many things that are bullshit about it. But like with your specific in, uh, instance, like that was such an infuri... I mean, it's all infuriating, but like, God damn it, I wanted to punch a wall after watching the <laughs> documentary. Um, did you, I mean, did you feel rage after what had happened? Because you were younger, right? You were a teenager? Yeah, 15? I was 14. F 14, okay. Um, and then just the way that people treated you and were shaming you about it, like that would make me feel like I'm crazy. 
Um, and I don't know how, I mean, my anger always gets the best of me with situations, but I, I don't, how do you deal with that? How do you come to terms with it or do you, or what's your method? Well, I mean, immediately after the assault and everything, of course I was very angry because I was so young, but after time passed and everything, I learned to forgive them, not because they apologized because I knew there wasn't going to be an apology present, but I forgave them on behalf of myself because I knew that was what was going to let it go for me and what yeah. would relieve that stress for me. And that was that was that your first sexual experience? Yeah, I lost my virginity to it. So okay, and do you how do you has that shaped if in any way sex for you or your outlook on sex? Uh, not necessarily. For two years, I didn't really date, and I kind of strayed away from guys for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of stayed away from the dating scene. Didn't really like guys for a while. I came in, I was bisexual my sophomore year and I was mm-hmm. more tendency towards girls mm-hmm. <laughs> because of that. So yeah. So do you, had you had a, like at 14 is super young, but had you had bisexual like feelings before that? Or do you think? Oh yeah, of course. I've always been like super weird and gay, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not weird. But it was just more um, obvious after the assault because I was less, um, attracted towards men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's just interesting, like in the nature versus nurture conversation to have, you know, something that happens in your life, uh, like kind of sway you in the direction more towards women. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot of people talk about, I have so many different types of conversations about this with people who have been raped and then they're, they're just hypersexual and they kind of always were. Um, and then people kind of pin them as like, well, you're hypersexual cause you were raped. It's like, well, no, I mean, I, some, in some cases, yes. But in like my, one of my close friends, like she was always that way. So just because she likes sex and it was this weird dynamic of like, sh- she had to ask herself like, shit, am I fucking all these people? Cause I, cause I want control over something. Or is it just because I've always been the sexual and she kind of figured out that I've just always been the sexual. And it's like, but to have it happen as your first sexual experience, like, God damn, I just want to punch. I don't know. It's, that's crazy. Um, no, I want to talk about Obviously, like you can expand from what we saw in the documentary because that's only a small piece of it. But what were the reaction from what was the reaction from the community uh, for those who have seen for those who haven't seen uh, after the assault? So do you mean the like community of Maryville? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Like because it was negative. You. So I yeah. kind of want to. Yeah. There's a lot of slut shaming that goes uh, with into being a rape survivor, unfortunately. Yeah, so a lot of people from Maryville didn't really have much of a response towards the film. A lot of them um, really? had no comments. Huh. Yeah. Just wow. no comments. But how was it for you yeah, as an individual person living there? Like, obviously, we know from oh, the film, but for people. I don't live in Maryville no, anymore. Yeah, anymore. but when you did, yeah. How many years? Did you live there for a couple years after that? No, we um, were pushed out of town, basically. So, Be- But because of the reaction, right? Yeah. And what and what what was being said to you guys? What was being or to you like what was being everyone was talking about in school and they were labeling you as the bad guy? Yeah, basically, um, kids would jump out in the hallway and call me names like slut and stuff. Um, most of it was online, though, because it's a lot easier for people to hide behind a screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's a fucking it's like we're all drivers in our car and we'll honk at you all day. But then when we're face to face. We'll be like, oh, hello. Excuse me. It's yeah, like, oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ugh. Um, so when you moved to a new town, 
how was that? Like, was it a fresh start? Did it feel truly like a fresh start or? Well, I didn't necessarily move to a new town. I moved to um, my ho- my hometown. So that was originally where I was from. And right. then I moved to Maryville. And then after all that happened, I moved back. Yeah. So what do you, do you know a lot of other people who were sexually assaulted? Uh, now after the film has been released, yes. And after uh, my case blew up on social media and throughout the media, um, a lot of survivors came forward to me and told me about their stories. And I made a lot of connections with a lot of people because of it. That's great. And do you give like people, like what advice would you give to people uh, who are dealing with it, especially if they are, they're dealing with something that happened to them that young and you're still trying to cope with people, humanity, reality, society, all these other things you're trying to like understand and take in, but then that happens and it just like rocks your world. Yeah, it definitely um, throws off your sense of self-identity and everything. So I would definitely um, want any survivor to know that they're not alone in what they're going through and that there's millions of other people who have gone through what they've gone through and that they're willing to support them and stand behind them and that if someone's being a freaking dick, then not to listen to them because there's millions of people like that in the world. But what they say isn't going to matter in the end because what matters is what those people that love you say. Yeah. And how you feel about yourself. Cause it's like, you can let those things, it's so easy to let negative comments seep into your self-conscious. And especially when it's after something traumatic happened and they're mocking you for, for sure. it. And you're the person who got, you were the victim in the situation. And it's like, Oh my God. But it's like, you have to build that strong stability for yourself to, to be able to carry you through. Yeah. And your, and your commentary on people you love being a real uh, kind of like foundation for you is interesting because your older brother sitting right here, we can see him. And uh. Uh, yeah, his reaction in the film, Audrey and Daisy was really, you know, it's the, that kind of anger that anyone who has a, a sibling, especially an older brother would know. And now you guys are working together with an organization called Safe Bay. So can you kind of t- uh, tell us a little bit how that came about, how you guys decided to do it together? Well, originally Safe Bay was co-founded by three other survivors that I was working with and that I met mm-hmm. um, just kind of through the weeds of everything. And um, basically we were founded in, what was it, November of 2004? 15. So mm-hmm. it's been quite a while that we've been up and running. Um, but basically from there, we developed ourselves as a 501c3. So we're a non-for-profit. Mm-hmm. And now we travel to schools and we basically talk to high school students and college students about their Title IX rights, what consent mm. is, by standard intervention. And our main goal is to educate because what we've noticed is education is obviously lacking in schools. And that's what we need to bring. What have you ever heard uh, through traveling to these schools and talking to students? Have you ever heard somebody come up to you and they're just being honest, but it's like, dude or girl, you have it so wrong. Like the, your concept of sexual assault. Like, have you ever kind of seen that surface with somebody asking a question uh, that they're genuinely unsure about? And then it's just like, well, is it rape if she's asleep or something like that? I mean, I haven't necessarily heard it to that extent, but people do have misconceptions about assault and rape all the time. Like people think that if you're being raped, it has to be someone jumping out of an alleyway and just like attacking you. And most of the time, it's someone that you know and trust. There's just many things that people don't really realize. Yeah. And the one thing, as Karen and I kind of educated ourselves more on the issue of like, rape kit backlogs in cities and stuff. And it's like, good God, there's just so much the legislation surrounding it. And then it's like um, with sexual assault, it's so crazy because the proof or the the statute of limitations is what, seven years? 
yeah, it's, it's pretty low. But then, so to prove it, you've had to have gotten the kit right away within 48 hours, I believe is the, is the time period. Mm-hmm. And then, but if there's no proof, which there's so many reasons why there wouldn't be, or there's no witness, it's like, what, what, what's the case? And it sucks. Like, it's like, is there a way that we could solve sexual assault cases specifically that isn't innocent until proven guilty? I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I mean, honestly, I wish I had an answer for that. But um, obviously, the judicial judicial system has been quite a failure for the past few years for all survivors. So that's why we're trying to attack the education portion of this and actually change the context of our society. And what are when you go to these schools, what are what are the types? Obviously, you don't have to like do the presentation for us. But what kind of what kind of things are you or exercises or talks are you giving them like a little summary of that? Oh, uh, we actually like to show some of the videos that we made, which are an educational series, which you can go to safebay.org and get from um, our event manager, Shale, mm-hmm. and um, she'll email them to you. There's some about if a survivor comes to you and confides to you about what happens, what you should respond with and what you shouldn't respond with. Mm. Um, there's things about bystander intervention, what your Title IX rights are, and et cetera, et cetera. How shouldn't, what's the wrong way to respond to a friend who's confiding in you? Asking them what they were doing, what they were wearing, why they were drinking, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And also, what are your thoughts on people not choosing not to report their sexual assault? If they choose not to report their sexual assault, I completely stand by them because I've seen personally what the court system does when someone does report. And I absolutely do not blame them for not reporting. Yeah, I wish more people understood that and would not get so publicly angry about, well, she didn't say anything for like eight years. What the fuck? Well, why do you really want to, they're going to live through the entire event. You might have to see the person and look the person in the fucking eye. And then you're going to go through all of this for maybe nothing. Maybe nothing happens. There's not enough proof or whatever the fuck could happen in a case to have it, the, the rapist be deemed not guilty. And it's like, that was, that's a big gamble. That's a big emotional gamble that you're taking it seems like yeah totally I mean I definitely agree um and then after so after you know you took this two-year break from kind of dating what was the first relationship you had after your sexual assault what was that like how did it come about how did you feel how did you know that you were ready to get into a, a relationship uh, my first relationship after my sexual assault, he was kind of an idiot. So. <laughs> How so? Like one plus one is seven, right? Or like no, 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 no. We he should... like cheated on me a bunch and was a total uh. dick. And so, I mean, after I realized my self worth, I definitely was like, dude, you got to go to the curb. Like you're not worth it. Yeah, you're not even cute. Was there a moment? <laughs> where you, oh, doesn't that suck? It's like, oh, right? dude, I'm so much hotter than. What the fuck? I'm out of your league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's always a was there a was there a process though that helped you to even get to a point where you were open to being in a relationship? Like, what was what was your life like in those two years? Because I think so often, especially like teenage girls, like so much of their life is about uh, you know guys or girls or whoever they're sexually attracted to. But like, how how did you become more you in those two years without any relationships? I feel like a lot of that was um, kind of finding my own self-identity once again, because after my assault, all of that was kind of crushed and just taken away from me. Mm -hmm. So 
a lot of that was that process. And a lot of that was done through wrestling and getting myself into different activities and just kind of physically wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's fun. I was like, I was like, because at the end of the documentary, it kind of talks about your wrestling, right? Because I like, I knew about this somehow already. Yeah. Uh, Because we both watched it like a long time ago when it first came out. So what kinds of, how did you get involved in wrestling? It's Uh, not not something you hear a lot. I started when I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. So it was always just kind of a natural outlet for me. Mm -hmm. And do you have like, do you feel like, do you have anger or, I mean, before. I was going to say, I could, I could benefit from wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I had very bad anger issues after my assault. So um, it was great to just go beat the shit out of someone on the mat instead of (laughs) taking it out on different people. Right. Because you seem very calm right now. Yeah. So calm. I'm so much more chill. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still wrestle? Uh, Yeah. Our season's over right now. So. Dude, that's so cool. What are like your favorite parts of wrestling? Just like the actual, just like getting aggression out? Because I don't know. I'd kind of be worried that like I just, I whoever I'm wrestling, I would just envision like you're my fourth grade teacher who said I wouldn't be anything. <laughs> and I would just do a move that was illegal and then be disqualified. I don't know. I think my favorite part is just getting out there and working hard. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Simple to the point. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking awesome. And do you have it's an is it an all female wrestling league or is it the the college team that I'm on currently is an all female league? Mm-hmm. But um I wrestled with boys all through high school and middle school. Really? Oh, they do have co ed wrestling in high school and middle school. Well, if they don't provide um, I didn't, I, yeah, I know. yeah, a female version of the sport I feel in high school, they have to let you on the team. Do they have to so. be, if you're uh, in high school and it's a co-ed, co-ed wrestling team, how many other girls were on the wrestling team? So it was just you? Or? Uh, one year I was able to get two other girls to go out with me. <laughs> but like, Come on, dude, it'll be fun. Yeah. Friendship building. Yeah, because every now and then we do get emails from, you know, women who are the only w- woman in an all, otherwise all-male league. And certainly mm, there's been some girl. problems. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever experience any issues with being the only woman or one of few women or? Oh, my God. Every time you go out there and wrestle a guy, they're either like, I'm going to beat the crap out of this girl or Jesus. I'm going to take it easy on her because I'm going to feel uh, bad if I beat the crap out of her. Which God. one makes you feel worse? <laughs> both are pretty equal. <laughs> yeah, there. both are I pretty mean, shitty. Yeah. <laughs> I, would be, I think I would be more offended by the like, oh, the one where it's like, oh, she's I have to go easy on her. She oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, that one definitely pissed that me off. That would piss but. me off so much to the point where I'm like, oh, you're going down. <laughs> and now, oh my God. like, what was it like when you? Dude. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> oh describe that. It was hard once I got to high school. I used to slam on guys because I was bigger <laughs> right. when I was like little, but sure. once I got to high school, they it kind of caught up with me. So we mean slam on guys like like Diamond Dallas Page, fucking, you know, I don't know, he was my favorite, but WCW is totally different. But uh <laughs> but like what's the move? Uh I mean it, it really depends on the style of wrestling that you're in because there's folk style, freestyle, um Roman oh. Greco. There's a million different styles and different Damn. roles and different moves. So shit, I don't even fucking you know. You can't that. have you have like very fancy nails right now, but you can't have you I mean imagine you can't have that. No, it was wrestling. my birthday for like four days ago. <laughs> Happy so I was like birthday. Because <laughs> I was you. like, Oh, that would oh, be, I would use those as claws. That would be yeah. a great attack until one of them ripped off your fingers and then you were like on the floor in pain. Oh, I would yeah. say like Oh, someone's getting their sight taken away from them today. <laughs> <clears throat> Use them as weapons. That's probably, yeah, that's why I can't wrestle, probably. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a really good idea. So uh, have, did you lose any friends um, after your sexual assault? 
Because oh, of, definitely. Because so many people were scared to stand up for me that they really? just kind oh. of like swayed away from me. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other half of the people were just like, well, why were you out and doing the whole victim blaming thing? So did they ever? Co- I mean, you might have just never talked to them again after that, which I get. But did they ever come around to being like, yeah, that I understand why I shouldn't have said that to you. I was mean. That was mean. Like, did they ever have these moments of like, oh, I'm being the dick of clarity? Yeah. Um. I mean, I've had some people come forward to me and apologize for not standing up for me in high school, but um, I haven't really had anyone apologize for being a dick to me in high school. So mm. no. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I still hold grudges. For Once a dick, always a dick. So. <laughs> so true. So fucking true. Is the <laughs> in the what? No, she's what? just laughing. Oh, dicks. <laughs> um. What else? Okay. So we've had uh, people on who have been uh, victims of rape specifically. And we talk about the rape just for an hour. What else do you want to talk about about sexuality that has nothing to do with rape? Like, is there any other things that interest, like, uh, or like, are you uh, kinky? Are you, because I feel like rape shouldn't define you. <laughs> Sorry to put your older brother. Oh yeah, very... that's probably weird. We don't have to talk about that in front well, of him. Or you can go to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, or you can just, you know. Don't just just don't make direct don't eye contact Steven. during it. But like, you know, a, a person who has been, sexual assault is so much more than that. And it's like, I don't want to have, I'm like, we don't, I don't want to have another person come on here who was raped. And we just talk about that because I feel like you have other things that it you probably want to talk you. about. It's that. not the only yeah, thing about sure. you. Yeah. I mean, I get tired when people say the guys, we fucked girls. So I can't even imagine how you feel about people just, right. you know, well, I mean, I'm, or is I'm, not a problem? I'm super open-minded now. Like I'm super supportive of strippers and shit. Like if you want to go show hell your body, yeah. then hell yeah, go do that. Oh, I love and strippers. did you have a, a negative opinion uh, of strippers beforehand or? Oh no, I've always been pretty. Yeah, strippers rule. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, if you have you can like four K weeks and do it. Right? Yeah. Oh, so I've been to some, which, where were we at? at Nashville. Mm. The stripper, they were like, did these Spider-Man moves. And it was the most impressive sure, I've yeah, ever seen. Nuts. And They're they fucking acrobats. slam their heels on the floor. I was like, God damn, she deserves an award because yeah, that's they, really impressive. They deserve 4K a week. Definitely. Yeah, if yeah. you can do shit like that on a pool, then yeah. And I, I also love, like, as I've been to strip clubs, I'm like, this isn't a fun experience because it's just like, the strippers being like, I didn't tell my son I was getting back into stripping. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> But then like other ones, I love seeing strippers who are badass on stage, but also they just like, you see them taking a guy for a ride and the guy's like, you love me? Okay. And it's like, oh. It's- yeah, just milking the money off yeah. them. Like a guy says they like penguins and they're like, oh yeah, I love penguins. You like- do? <laughs> Fate. I don't know. Today's episode of Guys We Fucked is brought to you by Quince. I love Quince. Imagine upgrading your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. I love this website. I'm on it right now. They have suitcases. They have things for babies and kids. They have men. They have women. They have home. I love a home section. Oh my God. And the products are gorgeous. Like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. Okay. Organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, because I do have tops that are silk and I do wash them and then they disintegrate, but not on Quince. Okay, the best part of all, all items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Okay, I love, I have this beautiful hunter green purse from Quince that I love and use every day. Their bags are gorgeous. Indulge in affordable luxury. Just go to quince.com slash GWF for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash GWF to get free shipping and 365 day returns. 
quince.com slash GWF. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, we talk a lot about therapy on this show. So you know we are big therapy advocates. Whether it's like a, a small question uh, about something that's going on in your relationship or a big question like, should I move across the country to take this job? Sometimes it just helps to have someone not invested in the outcome, i.e. not friends or family or your intimate partner invested in the outcome to talk it through. It also takes the burden off a lot of other people in your life and, you know, reminds them that you love them just for being them, not because you are their free therapist. It's a great thing to learn coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it kind of just makes you the best version of yourself. Like, we are all given a version of ourselves. Why not make it the best version it can be? So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And then you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Because remember, therapy is like dating. If you don't like therapy, it really might mean that you don't like your therapist. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Guys, betterhelp.com slash guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What other stuff do you... Um, have you ever been to... A, <laughs> I'm going to ask this in front of your brother. But if, so if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. But if you want to go on stairs, you're more than welcome to see this down there. Have you ever been to a sex club? A sex club? Yeah. What the hell is that? I would guess by uh, your the inquisitive uh, nature in which I you live in Missouri. So, oh, I guess I'm that, sure. I'm sure, they I'm have sure there is one. In they Missouri. might have the best ones. Yeah, I, the one that I went to that I loved, and I've only went to one that I've loved. I've went to a couple. Is in Toronto. It was called Oasis, and shout out because that was everyone was just. They were cool. They were open-minded. They were doing their own thing. No one was creep. There were no creepers. It was just fun, and there was a pool, and then you could have sex. You could be naked. You could not. You could just walk around. Wait, what? They have those in the U.S.? Hell yeah. Oh, There's hell yeah. Them. I've been to two in New York alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your manager's like, uh, thumbs like, up. Girl, <laughs> do they? Yeah, no, 100%. Um, Sorry. I mean, basically, She's hating. Your brother is hating everything. They're just, else. they're just, they're like, you know, they're safe spaces where you have, you have to go through some kind of a vetting process usually yeah. to get in. You have to pay like, not a crazy amount of money, but enough that like, you're not just gonna go there to watch. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're you're, you're gonna be there because you want to be there. Like if you throw yeah. down a hundred dollars, like that's not a five dollar cover. You want to be there. Yeah, yeah. and, and it's just an environment that's very welcoming and very uh, focused on safety. There's condoms everywhere. There's security people. And if anyone does something weird, you just tell. Like it's it's safe. It's very safe. The ones that I've experienced. The one in Atlantic City. Just don't go to one in Atlantic. Well, City. Atlantic City right. as a whole is it's a is know. a cesspool. Yeah. Shout out to Atlantic. City. Shout out, you guys. You're trying. You can. <laughs> Though, well, I mean, that's maybe. a lot Donald Trump's fault. Too. I know. <laughs> he was like, let's make this better. But n- then I just made the rest of the town even more poor than they already were. I mean, that was and basically that's the Trump his, effect. his plan. Um, what uh, what do you think colleges could be doing better? I'm going to go back to the 
assault thing. Uh, just because that's one question I forgot to ask. I feel like colleges after um, the hunting grounds was dropped, they have kind of stepped up to the plate, but at the same time, they aren't being as proactive as they can with like the whole um, sexual assault thing. Because whenever a survivor reports, they don't even ask if they want to report it to the police. They, they're just like, OK, this guy's kicked off campus for a couple weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what that's that total do? bullshit. It says nothing. It says, oh, you get a little uh, hiatus from school. OK. Yeah. Right on. Because I do think, I would think, I don't know, but that a perpetrator would not, if if he, if it is made known that if you are accused of sexual assault, it is taken seriously and, and you know, the proper um, actions are taken, uh, disciplinary actions, then I, I don't know. Would that decrease the likelihood of it happening or... I don't know. Is something so fucked up in your brain that you're going to do it anyway? But it seems like colleges are so lax up until recently that it's like... Well, yeah, no shit. They they can get they get away with it. Mm. <laughs> like, yep, yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> um, can you describe what? Like, so, what in your memory? What was your first like sexual, healthy sexual relationship, healthy romantic relationship that you were in in your lifetime? What what did that look like? Because the first guy, so you know, sexual assault, fourteen, two year hiatus. Then you date this guy. He's a dick. He's cheating on you. You Not must have cute. a good. A healthy story. I've only had three boyfriends. Okay. So. Were any of them good? <laughs> um, the one I'm with right now is he's he's pretty kosher. <laughs> chill. Kosher. Nice. <laughs> and like how did how was there a light bulb that suddenly cl- went on in your head that said, This is how I want to be treated. This feels good. How did you know this was Yeah, a light bulb definitely came on about four or five days ago when um I was drunk as shit at mm-hmm. my birthday party. Mm-hmm. And as, as my you do. best friend was getting naked on my stripper pool and then <laughs> he pulled me do. to the bedroom and let me go to bed <laughs> instead of letting me partake. So um he's like, Yeah, you need a blanket, yeah, some water. You need you need a nap. Right. Yeah, you're getting too wild. And how long have you guys been together? Uh, we dated before for about like three months, but we've been together for about like four or five now. Four months. months. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like uh, for me, I've had a boyfriend before. I've been with the same person for six years, but a lot of my relationships except for one was just kind of shitty. And I was like, well, I guess I'll take it. You know, you yeah. kind of settle. And then when you meet somebody who's just a kind person who you respect, who's a gentleman who respects you, who cares about you, who elevates you and you elevate them. You're like, oh, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't know until it, till I had it, which took a sec. And yeah. how, wait, how old are you now? I just turned 20 the other day, so. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm a baby. 20. <laughs> do people ever talk to, like, you're like, oh, you're a baby, you're only 20. Do you get, do you hate that? Oh my God, all the time. Yeah. I feel like people are very condescending to younger people. It's like, you know, I don't need that shit. Especially in the tattoo industry, because everyone's like 25 when they start. And I started at 18. So like, as an artist. Like, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And everyone just kind of like looks down on you. They're like, you're the underdog. You're yeah. too young for this shit. And you just kind of you know, like, step okay. all over them when you're better. Yeah, than them. <laughs> you'll see. So are you doing really well in the tattoo industry right now? Yeah, I would say so. I'm currently moving shops because I wanted to be in a bigger city. So and where's say, your new shop going to be? Uh, Excelsior Springs, Missouri. What? Oh, I was like, yeah, uh, middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Has anybody ever asked for like a tattoo that you're like, bro? Listen, like a, a penis tattoo. Or like I want the word love tattoo on my eyelid. Um, that, I mean, that's a good idea. 
someone came to me the other week and they wanted a golf ball tattooed on their ass. And I was like, that's just a circle with some <laughs> dots on it. Are you sure? But like shading, but I want to like shade, I want like a shadow on the golf ball. We well, just I always, loves golf. I, oh yeah. I always wondered yeah. like how much say does the tattoo artist have when like the, the person is clearly making a poor decision. How much say do you yeah. have to talk them out of that? Do you butt in or not? Nah? If, if you want to get some stupid shit tattooed on you, I'm going to tell you it's stupid. But if, in the end, you really want it, I'll do it. But okay. if you come to me with something racist or homophobic oh, or people like, do that? Yeah, people want what like stupid ta- shit like on their body. Like, like Nazi things or swastikas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nazi yeah. things? <laughs> See, I can't even say the word. <laughs> Wait, so can no, you, you think I'm kidding. No, what if you said no to? We need specifics. Yeah, um, what if you said no to? Some guy wanted me to fix his um blood um gang <laughs> tattoo on his chest. Oh, like and he's a member like, of the Bloods, yeah. Yeah, well, he thinks he is. We live in Missouri. <laughs> oh, they're gonna come to get you, oh, Casey. Glenn really thinks he's in a gang, oh, but all no. the hard to tell him. <laughs> so he That's wanted you to fix it to what? Like bloody or bloodier? Or or did no, he, like, it, it, it was in? a shitty prison tattoo and he wanted me to like oh. redo it. And I was like, do dude, I'll cover it. But other than that, get the fuck out. And, and what, did he get the fuck out? Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, good. What kind Fuckin'. of safety precautions do you take? Because my mom, I mean, I wanted to tattoo for years. My mom is, you know, like, I'll make sure it's safe. Like, it's very safe. Obviously, people are doing it. There are things Not like prison tattoos that are less for safe. Sure. And they're just so horribly done in prison. So what do you usually. say? Yeah, what do you say? How do you make someone feel comfortable with the safety and like health aspect of tattoos? I usually like to open my needles and my tubes in front of my customers so that way uh, they know that like everything's fresh. I'm not like using some HIV needle on you. Like it's all chill. <laughs> Just pulled this from AIDS. So uh, what do you got? A peace sign? Yeah. Okay. That's always good. That's yeah. good. And um, uh, oh gosh, wait, I want to know about the other fucking shitty tattoo, like homophobic races. Like what tattoos people are getting? Uh, a lot of people want the rebel flag, but like, it's not just the but rebel flag that's that they want, flag, but right? like, hmm. yeah, they want stupid shit with it. That's like totally racist. And like, you can tell it's racist, but like, they're just like, no, it's, it's, it's my past. expression of who I yeah. am and, and I'm who just you like, are sucks. Bro. And I'm who I am that. is a racist. Yeah. <laughs> just get the word racist tattooed on you. Know it then if you're going to be, oh God. No, you were, were you, have you always been into tattoo culture or does that something that came about later in your life? Yeah. I never wanted Barbie dolls unless they had tattoos on them. So, oh, oh yeah. cause you know what? That's interesting because I always was like, I was always farther away from making the decision, but I was like, man, I think I just want to be like tatted up when I get older. And then as I get older, I'm like, I could do it. I could do it. And then I'm just too much of a pussy to make the leap. But I'm like, but clearly then if that was your thoughts on tattoos when you were a kid, like, yeah, you're meant to be a person who's tatted up. But I'm like, how do you take the leap? Because some people who are just covered in tats, like that's a big commitment. Uh, I don't know. When I was 16, I got my first tattoo. And ever since then, I was like, Put more on my body for Christmas for my birthday. I'm gonna get tattoos. Yeah. Now, did so who who had to sign off for that when you were 16? Uh, my mom did. Mm. And was there a conversation, or was she just totally okay with that? Uh, she kind of tried to talk me out of getting visible tattoos. She's like, you might want to be a doctor someday. And I'm like, I probably don't. Yeah, it's like, you know yourself already. It's yeah, like, if you're going to be a doctor or not. Yeah. What was your first tattoo? Uh, it was actually on my shoulder. I was going to get it on my arm, but she talked me to getting it on my shoulder. Um, so you got it on my arms yeah. later. <laughs> but when I was finally 17 a year later, I was like, nope, it's not happening. Put it on my arm. Let's do it. And, and do what you- is it? Uh, I actually got the horde symbol from World of Warcraft. <laughs> 
That's awesome. That's adorable. I love that. Aw. Good start. Yeah, I'm that like, was my first visible tattoo. Well, that's a strong start. So you got to start with a real message of who yeah. you are. Just go for it. Do you have a thing in your head of like, I want to want this tattoo for a certain amount of time to know I should get it? Because that's the other thing that I was like, I just changed my mind. That's definitely how it was before. But as I got into the tattoo industry and I was meeting other artists and they were like, oh, I have this dope idea. I was like, put it on my body. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Have you ever regretted a tattoo? I have Moval tattooed on my ass, but that's about it. What is this? What? Moval. And that's the college I go to. (laughs) Oh, I was like, is Moval like the kids are saying it to... Well, you can cover like it up if you wanted to, right? Uh, I don't know if I can cover it up, though, because my friend did it one time in the dorms when we were, like, super drunk. Was so there a tattoo? Like, there's a tattoo. The yeah. person had a tattoo gun, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we had a machine in the dorms. It was my machine, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you had been tatting him by that point. No, there was so... I feel like there's... Like, I have a friend um, who ha- who is has a lot of tattoos visible, just like you. And she always shares these, like, heinous stories of how people treat her. Basically, like, really? less of a woman and less of a human because she has these tattoos. Can you speak to any experiences? Oh, my God. Sometimes that? you're, like, spoken to as, like, a degenerate almost. What? Like, mm-hmm. one of my friends is, like, super tatted up. And he went to Macy's to buy a pair of socks. And yeah. he went to the back to go grab the socks and like some old lady was just following him around the store making sure he wasn't stealing shit and like followed him out of the store and she's like can I check your receipt he's like one pair of socks I got what one pair fuck? of socks like right. what the shit god that's like 1950 I didn't even know people thought that still no all the time yeah she's it's just I like guess in New York it's like no my friend lives in New York heinous experiences all the time Whoa. she posts them on Facebook well, I mean because I don't have tattoos that's why I've never encountered well them. yeah and that's why I've never really thought about it because there's a lot of things that you can look at a person and think oh I bet they get shit for that but tattoos in 2017 was not something that I thought we were still dealing with um, yeah, and there shit. is also some kind of a connection that a lot of times people feel like you are yeah like trashy or like like slut basically slut shamed because oh, yeah, you're a the tattoo. tramp stamp was uh, what if a I mean, why is the why is there this societal connection between sexuality and tattoos? Yeah, what the think? fuck, Daisy? Dude, I honestly I wish I knew, but <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's because we're putting so many, you know, half naked models on top of, you know, inked magazine and shit on like cars, that. Yeah. And it really has nothing to do with the art. And that really kind of pisses me off because a half naked chick doesn't really have anything to do with Tattooing. tattooing right besides the fact that she has hella tattoos yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's like you got a car show and there's all these chicks in bikinis showing you the car but i'm like i could just fucking look at the car i don't need that what the fuck does that have to do with I mean, auto it's a plus but... uh, yeah yeah it's fine but i'm like okay and what is and so what what is the meaning of like tattoos and tattoo culture to you because i think we've been misled to me, me like i don't know i think society kind of looks at it as like sexuality or rebellion like what does it mean to you i feel like it's a completely different form of art like mm-hmm. other forms of art they'll go away someday some of it might burn in a fire or it just mm. might get lost in like time mm-hmm. but tattoos are the only thing that are really permanent and that you're going to take to the grave and i think that's there's something really important behind that yeah that is the kind of beautiful part about it there's you a lot of commitment to you it. die yeah are there any of your tattoos that like tell a certain story or have really special significance do they all I got Veni Vici tattooed on my <laughs> fingertips uh-huh. because that means I came, I conquered. I didn't get the I saw part because I have really shitty eyesight. So. <laughs> and the only two hands. If you yeah, to, where the for fuck sure. Would you put, it? put on your toes and always see it. Do you have like one artist that you always go to? Do you switch? Because I know some people are like, they can only go to one artist. If they go to another artist, it's like cheating. 
Oh yeah, yeah like your hairstylist. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I feel like a lot of people are um, dedicated to their artists, and that's cool and all. But um, I want to, you know, have a mix of artists. I want to see their perspectives of it, and you know, I feel like it's cool to get different art. Why would you just buy from one artist all your life if you yeah. were like buying paintings or something? Yeah, and I, I don't, I mean, I don't have any tattoos, but I follow so many tattoo artists on Instagram oh, because I didn't even know yeah. these styles of tattoos were being tattooed on people's skins of like sketch style, cr- a crow that's just like pops out uh, at you. And you're like, that is the most beautiful fucking drawing. And then you're like, oh shit, it's a tattoo. And like the things that people can do with tattoos are so fucking creative. What are your favorite kind of tattoos to do? Uh, probably traditional, neo-traditional, or anything with color, really. And if we, someone who's listening wants to book an appointment with you, do they have to go to Missouri? Or if you're in town, like, do you travel with your, ta- uh, your tattoo? I'm trying kit? to figure out um, the whole traveling thing right now. You check it. Yeah. Like you check the, the, I'm trying to figure out the laws and the logistics. Oh, yeah. Because right you have now. to have a, Are you licensed only in Missouri or? Yeah, I'm only allowed to tattoo uh, in Missouri right now. It. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm trying to figure out the whole traveling thing. Because I do have a lot of requests for people. They're like, come I to bet. Canada and tattoo me. And I'm like, I wish you I could. come here. Right. Because mm-hmm. that would be like fun and lucrative and kind of like just kind of leave your art in a larger radius really yeah for sure are you attracted to most of the times other guys or girls with tattoos yeah i definitely have a thing for like alternative people yeah (laughs) have you ever been like like as of late like attracted to somebody with no tattoos like because i feel like people with tattoos they get they like get something like it's like a it's like a it's like a club but like a i don't know an already like higher plateau of thinking about art kind of thing but that's only because I'm on the outside looking. Well, in. I mean, there's always chodes with tattoos, so you gotta remember <laughs> that. So, so that, should be, there, that should be a bumper but sticker. But there's always like the people that are like into the commitment of the art, and yeah. that's what I really look for. So, yeah, huh? And do you take guys and you take guys and girls? Or are you only like sexual with guys and girls, or do you have like girls a- are hard to date? <laughs> That's what I was gonna be like. So what? What's the difference? I mean, in your experience, why are girls harder to date? They're just so complicated. And I'm already right? like the male in every relationship that I have. Even so, with yeah. other males. You're yeah. the male? Yeah. yeah. I hear Definitely. you. <laughs> I hope my boyfriend didn't. <laughs> it's all right. My boyfriend's manly and I'm still the And I tell my boyfriend man. all the time, I feel like I'm dating a lesbian with a penis. And he's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> it's nice. I, I like it. <laughs> but I do feel manlier sometimes. But I'm like, well, like, I guess that is what it is. Well, have you had like any like uh, gals that you've dated for like a couple months or like how far have you gotten in a relationship with a woman as far as like an emotional or the longest it's really lasted has been like a week or so but like (laughs) yeah it's because this is such a fucking ignorant question but i'm like when you both get your period if you're dating for a long time and you sync up that's just i mean i'm (laughs) i'm a monster and i a weekend we've already synced up (laughs) steven like he deals with me because he doesn't have that hormonal rage that i have so i'm like man thank god for that but i'm like two hormonal ragers i don't know i know everyone's different like you don't get that hormonal on your you don't get like angry or anything no if anything i get like uh i get it like very attached and like more, oh, more like, oh. yeah, Oof, total opposite. Like I'll ask for like a hug, which is not something I would like yeah. normally do. Well, now I know when you ask. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> but like yeah, a week that's... before I asked for a lot of hugs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. So, you know, <laughs> do you, uh, do you feel like the way you dress is like a reflection of you? Do you feel like it's uh, something that you did to kind of like take control of your life back in some ways or does it, or are we just reading too much into this and you just like the way it fucking looks? Uh, I mean, for a long time after my assault, mm-hmm. so like about two or three years, I was like a 
straight scene kid. It was a terrible oh, phase. Scene kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was the it corporate was terrible. dashboard the com- yeah. coontails and uh. all the different colors of hair. It was awful. <laughs> oh God, that was a But was that like trend. just a was, did that help you to kind of like find yourself? Yeah, I definitely feel like um experimenting with my hair more often than I should have um kind of helped me find who I was eventually. Mm-hmm. It's still I mean, it looks pretty healthy. I love your yeah, hair right now. Oh my you. gosh. That's like my, yeah, one of my I look favorite. Like I steal Dalmatians for a living. I know. Well, I love the Cruella de Vil look. It's so funny. I was like, I really, really like to do that. But it's just like my when I get my hair that light, it falls out. So I can't. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't process my hair too much. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever done a dating app? A dating app? Mm-hmm, I used like to Tinder. have a Tinder. And then I just decided that all the guys on there were like douches. So. Yeah. That's- and like none of the girls were into girls on there. So uh. I was like, why am I here? Yeah. Is there a, I mean, in, have you found around you in Missouri a big bisexual or lesbian community that you can kind of hang out with? Or is it just not, is it something that's like kind of more under the radar? I mean, if you go more towards the city and when the college kids come back to town, there's more of that um, kind of crowd of people. But um, since I'm living in a small town right now, not necessarily. And do you feel like, I mean, is there, I'm, I'm guessing they don't do anything like a pride parade, right? <laughs> oh, no. In Missouri? No. All 10 people. Not, not in the whole line. Not in the whole state. Not even in the city. Okay. Maybe in Kansas City, but the rest of Missouri is kind of, yeah. No. I mean, is there like, because I mean, I watched this documentary like small, I think it's called Small Town Gay Club. And it basically, you know, goes around to just as you would think, small town gay clubs. And I, th- I thought it was, it was really interesting because in these tiny towns where, you know, sexuality wasn't even something you could barely talk about, especially not something like that's part of the LGBTQ community. Uh, There were these places where people really thrived and expressed themselves. Have you ever been to any place like that near your hometown or just totally don't know of it existing? Uh, No, I know it exists in the city Mm -hmm. anyways, but it, it honestly does not exist in small town Missouri. Yeah. Huh. Especially since I grew up in town where um, I graduated with 32 people and I was oh, like literally 32. the only kid that partied in my high school. The class. only one. Well, yeah. Out of so everyone just looked at me like I was a Satan child most of the time. So <laughs> a Satan child. Wow. Yeah. She has fun. You She's from Satan. Very nice. <laughs> I don't. Were you much different when you were 18? Two years ago? Yeah, I know. I'm like, what was that last yeah, month? I mean, <laughs> when I was 18, I was engaged to that douchebag. So, oh, yeah. wait, how did that come rewind. about? How did he ask you? Okay, it was it was really lame how he asked. I'm me sure too. it was. He yeah. pushed all a the skateboard in front of you with a bouquet of flowers. No, not even that. <laughs> and the skateboard ran we over the flowers. We were walking to like Casey's, which is a gas station in Missouri, <laughs> no! to get pizza. And what? he was like, what if I married you? So he you? took you out and to I was dinner. Like, That's it. What if I married you? That's it. Yeah. But that was that an actual request? And what'd yeah. you say? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I already gave you a promise ring. What was what if it was like an engagement ring? And I was like 18 at the time. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna get married and get more money from FASFA. Why not? Oh <laughs> Jesus, I wouldn't even <laughs> Dude, there are financial benefits to marriage. This, I mean, yeah. that's true. Yeah, the government really wants you to get married. Yeah. So wait, so he was like, you want to get like an engagement ring? You're like, okay. And he's like, okay. And then he got, yeah. but he didn't have it that night. Did you have, so. No, ha- I already had it on. It was a promise ring that he So he was just like, I'm going to transfer that ring. And now it's an engagement ring. He Pretty didn't buy a new ring. No. So wait, oh, and then you were God. wearing a promise ring that he wouldn't cheat on you, but he was our, like. Was that the promice though? Or was the promise like, you're great. 
No. Promise. <laughs> but wait, so did he, was it his idea to give you a promise ring or was yeah. it your idea? Yeah, no. So What's he was like promise? obviously a serial cheater and he was like, if I give her this promise ring. She'll yes. never suspect. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I, yeah. You know what? I, I, promise rings are such an interesting thing because a lot of people did it. But I'm like, what do you, what's the promise? What is the promise in a promise ring? I honestly don't know that we're going to get married eventually. Yeah, that's the, that's, I mean, so that's it's a yeah. precursor to the real that promise. That is the promise. Yeah. Yes. It's a promise to the legal promise. It's a promise. That, it's like a save the date on your finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> save the date on our love. That's what it is. It's going to happen. I'm not ready but yet. But I don't know when. It's coming. I <laughs> oh boy. Okay. What is a, pro- Okay. All right. Well, I mean, just, well, before somebody gives you a promise ring, do you discuss it about the 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 intentions of the promise, or does he know that you're into that promise? So he's just like, I'm gonna fucking give her this, and she's gonna love it. Yeah, basically. Oh, and I you told loved you, it? he was like yeah. a total douche. douche. But yeah, Jesus. Oh, promise rings. Do you have a certain like list of things that you look for in a mate now or in a partner? No promise that, that you didn't have before that you've learned from experiences. Mostly negative. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like man. what are the things you're like, well, if he does this, I'm out. So tattoos, we got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was like super controlling of me. So if a guy ever tells me like what to wear, I'm like, no, nah, you, you yeah. gotta go. Bye. Okay. So no controlling. Yeah, he would tell no you what to wear. Yeah. Would he be like, that skirt's too short. Everyone's gonna look at you. And then my penis is gonna shrink. <laughs> Basically <laughs> what that means. What else? What else? What else are red flags for you? Uh, I mean... If they're kind of like crybabies over everything, like when they don't get their way, he was like so terrible about that. Yeah, he, would he cried like stomp his all feet? the time, like when he wouldn't get his way. What? Yeah, like wait, he would throw was he tantrums. six? Wait, what? What is no, an example? He's older of, than me. It was the sad part. Oh was uh, like if you if he was like, I want chicken fingers tonight, and you're like, not tonight, and he's like, I want chicken fingers. <laughs> you're like, wow, okay, do this to me eight times, shame on me, but nine times. I'm out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. And now what's, what do you think your worst quality is when you're like in a relationship? What is the thing that you, that you know is bad about you, but it's probably not going to change? We're all pieces of shit in some way, you know? <laughs> I'm terrible when I get drunk. Like I am <laughs> terrible. Like how, how so? so? Yeah. The other you night. rumors about people that no, are no, true. No, no, no. Like the other night when my boyfriend was like trying to have a heart to heart with me, I was like, you're my favorite person tonight for 350. What? <laughs> yeah, but like that's kind of funny. Yeah, that's funny. Did he, he think did, it was funny he or was he like, very funny at the time? Oh, it hurts. Yeah, yeah we were trying to have to like a heart to heart. I totally called him like a hooker. So, <laughs> hey, baby, I'll pay you a couple bucks if you shake that ass. Yeah, that, that just not, sounds fun. It's to not me. the time for a serious conversation. If somebody had to try, every time anybody's ever had it seriously talk to me when I am drinking, I'm like, let's just wait. It's not the time and the place, really, especially yeah. not on your birthday. Are you? Uh, but apart from like when you're drinking, are you difficult to have a heart to heart with, or because you said you you have a lot of masculine qualities? And that's yeah, yeah. One, that's I mean, I definitely do have like a hard time opening up, so I feel like that kind of like puts guys off because I'm supposed to be sensitive, but I'm not the one crying during Finding Dory. <laughs> Mike drop. <laughs> That's what I would have said to him when I took the promise ring off and threw it in his face. <laughs> oh my God. That is really funny. <laughs> I mean, it was an emotional movie. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Do you cry? Are you a crier? Some, cause some women and men, like some men I know are criers 
And I like that when it, there's like a fine line, obviously, like if you throw a temper tantrum when you don't get your way and you cry, like, Bleh. but like, I love when a man can like be comfortable enough to like yeah, cry if, and if he shit. can be like sensitive when it's like rational, then yeah, yeah, that's definitely like something I look to. Are you, are you a crier? Do you cry? No. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey gets me sometimes. sometimes. What the fuck is how it does wow. he Wow. Yeah. What is it specifically about Have him? Have you seen him in Interstellar? Oh, oh my god no. I missed Interstellar no. That did it look was good, good though It I'm, was good So that was wow. his one performance That really spoke to you Yeah it killed me <laughs> I was gonna say What's that movie he was in He's on the beach He's like I don't know I don't, Whatever Well that's <laughs> interesting Because I'm not very emotional In real life as far as crying But I cry all the time during movies Sometimes oh. during episodes Of Sex in the City Or Girls I mean that's not Not my proudest moments But it really just does happen I don't know what it is about it though Oh I cry all all the time <laughs> Just cry when I'm happy yeah, when I'm confused. I don't think I've ever cried when I was happy. Really? Mm-mm. Have you? I don't even understand no. happy crying. Oh. Really? You're like, bitch. What? <laughs> you do what? Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand happy. Well, maybe during my fake wedding to myself, I think maybe one time I did cry. That's another. <laughs> that's another story for another day, though. Um, so we're gonna wrap up soon. But what? So let's go back to the safe bay because I know we definitely want to promote this. Like, how can people get involved with Safe Bay if they want to? And it's safe S A F E Bay, like you're my bay B A E. Before anyone or anything else. Okay. Yeah. And it's .org. And if you go online, we have like community toolkits for people wanting to be activists. We have ways oh, for awesome. kids to start their own safe base squads in their schools. And what's a safe base squad? Yeah. It's basically like a club where you get together and um, you just promote awareness and you stomp out bullying against sexual violence survivors mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We actually just dropped a new campaign called Quit This Shit, which um, oh, I, I shared you guys with, go with the Green. Names. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so basically it's just saying that you won't shit talk a survivor. That's great. And I like that. I like the language. I like that it's called quit this shit. Cause it's like when people, a lot of times talk about sexual violence and what could we be doing better mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, you talk to me like I'm a human, like that, yeah. that's language. I understand. That's a concept I grasp immediately. I don't need to like, it's language know. for millennials, language yeah. for how we live today. Because I mean, I think for something to work, it certainly has to feel, feel accessible and not like, you know, not like just a class in, in college. It needs to feel like something I can use in my everyday life. It can't be like this elite, elitist talk because a lot of times uh, social activism is like feels like it's only for people who have a 4.0. Yeah, it, it's sometimes mm. it's so cut and dry. And I feel like that's why it's so important that the um, boredom safe bay were so young. So we're actually able to like relate to the people that we're talking to. And yeah. they're just not staring at us like we're a 50 year old woman preaching to them. Like, right. And they feel they relate to you automatically. And yeah. then you've been through similar instances. So it's like, okay, I can, I can express what I'm thinking. Even if I don't know, I can just like think out loud to you and help me figure out what the fuck like to do next or, or whatever. Yeah. That's good. And, um, just last thing, uh, as a survivor, what advice I'm sure you've been asked this before, would you give to other survivors? Because we have a lot of, uh, survivors listening, uh, to other survivors. I would mm-hmm. just say, don't be afraid to reach out. You know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be down on you, but there's twice as many people that are going to be supportive of you. And it's not healthy to keep all of that in. You need to get that out. You need to talk to someone about it. You know, your existence existence is important and you're significant. So you need to talk about your story. It's important. Yeah. I do have one more question. Go ahead. Social media justice thoughts. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, we, we talked about it a couple of times on the podcast with 
the law does your own, you, you do the steps, the ideal steps that you could do, the, the most you could do legally after getting sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. nothing gets done. What do you do? And then, uh, you know, a couple of people have, and we've witnessed it in our own New York City, specifically New York City comedy community of outing a rapist. People turn um, to social media. They out them on Twitter or Instagram. The, the authorities aren't doing anything to help. And then I, do, I did see it work. Mm-hmm. I saw the person get banned from from performing. Um, wow. Yeah. But have you do you have experiences with that? Or do you have friends that have done that? Or what are your thoughts on that? Um, to an extent, because when my case did go viral, um, Anonymous picked it up. And those people who were bullying me before, they were definitely shut down immediately. Nice. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Anonymous Twitter. That they do some good shit. Yeah, they're pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had heard of, had anybody like go to social media or you have you ever known anybody to go to social media to be like, you know what? This person assaulted me and I'm tired of keeping it in and I'm tired of people not believing me and the authorities didn't do anything. Have you ever had known anybody? Yeah, there's that? actually um, one girl that I worked with this past fall who like she reported to her campus. They didn't do anything about mm-hmm. it. And they actually ended up kicking her off because they were saying that she was slandering this guy. Wow. Christ. So she took it to the Internet and it ended up that her story got picked up and reopened. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's like a really productive thing to happen from. Yeah, for sure. Jeez. Because hmm. it's so, it is, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel on it, but also I've seen it do what I would think someone would intend it to do is like at least. Enrage people. Enrage people and then stop working with that person. Like I, yeah. I want to know, I don't want to work with that person. Right. Like I hear, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's so often and it's like, oh, do you know so-and-so? Yeah, actually they uh, had sexually assaulted a friend of mine. I'm like, ah, Fuck. Well, not talking to them. And it, it's like, yeah, I, I kind of rely on people to tell me those types of things, either to me personally or somewhere that I could see it to like kind of distance myself because that's the only thing I know how to do to make it better. I don't even know. It's a confusing concept to me, but yeah, I don't know. good and bad things. <laughs> All right. Um, so thank you very much for coming and sitting down with us. Yeah, and thank it, you for it, having me. do you like people? Are you okay with people reaching out to you on Twitter or what's the best way if someone wants yeah, to? Both um, my Twitter and my Instagram are public. So, and what, what is the, handles? what's the, the handle, handle? for um, my Instagram uh, is actually grapple me mate. And that's, oh, that's uh, funny. Yeah. It's spelled G R A P P L E M E and then M A. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Perfect. And then on and Twitter, you are Daisy Coleman. Just search me up. Daisy You'll find Coleman. Me. Perfect. Nice. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. This has been Guys We Fucked, the anti slut shaming podcast. We'll talk to you next week. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. 
chumbacasino.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.